We're doing a bit of teaching and, and preaching this morning. Um, there's a little bit of scripture. But the Lord has led me to, <clears throat> to speak on the fact that Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming and very soon. In Acts <clears throat> chapter 1 verses 10 to 11, it talks, well, it's, it's the time when uh, Jesus, after he died and rose again, he walked with them for um, many days and, and then he ascended up into heaven. And the account goes on, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. <clears throat> we have a promise from God that he is coming back for his church. Just like he rose up into heaven, he's coming back to take his heaven, his church, his bride, to be with him. Though the word is never found in the Bible, in the King James Version at the very least, Jesus coming back to take the church into heaven is traditionally called the rapture. The dictionary def definition of the word rapture is a feeling of intense pleasure or joy. This standard English word was used for obvious reasons because living eternally with Jesus will be all joy and like nothing we have ever experienced in this life. It will be indescribable and indescribably amazing. The only problem is the Bible never tells us when Jesus will return for his church. He just says that he will come, there will be signs, but that he's going to come back, even if he tarries for a while. But that hasn't stopped some people from setting a date as to when Jesus was meant to come back and get his bride. Some of them were probably well-meaning. They thought they'd found some, some reference to a date in, in Scripture um, based on, on time frames and, and world events. Others probably did it to get themselves a name and a following. Some notable predictions of the date of the rapture include the following. In 1844, William Miller predicted that Christ would return between March the 21st, 1843 and March the 21st, 1844. Then revised his prediction, claiming to have miscalculated scripture, to October the 22nd, 1844. The realisation that the predictions were incorrect resulted in a great disappointment. Um, in capitals. Miller's theology gave rise to the Advent movement. The Baha'is believe, um, or Baha'is believe that Christ did return as Miller predicted in 1844 with the advent of the Bab and numerous Miller-like prophetic pr predictions from many religions are given in William Sears' book Thief in the Night. In 1914, 1918 and 1925, those were various dates predicted for the rapture by the Jehovah's Witnesses. None of them were right. 1981, 
Chuck Smith predicted that Jesus would probably return by 1981. He would have been greatly disappointed. 1988, publication of 88 Reasons Why the Rapture is in 1988 by Edgar C. Wisenant. 1989, publication of the final shout, Rapture Report, 1989 by Edgar Wisenant again. This author made further predictions of the rapture for 1992, 1995 and other years. In uh, 1992, a Korean group, the Mission for the Coming Days, predicted that the rapture would occur on October the 28th, 1992. There were multiple predictions given for 1993, which is seven years before the year 2000. The rapture would have to start to allow for seven years of the tribulation before the return in 2000. That being a nice even number, I guess. 1994, Pastor John Hinkle of Christ Church in Los Angeles predicted that the rapture would occur on June the 9th, 1994. Radio evangelist Harold Camping predicted September the 6th, 1994. 2011, Harold Camping's revised prediction had May 21st, 2011 as the date of the rapture. After this prediction proved inaccurate, he claimed that a non-visible spiritual judgment had taken place and that the physical rapture would occur on October the 21st, 2011. The physical rapture prediction also proved inaccurate. And 2017, September the 23rd, Christian numerologist David Mead motivated this date with astrological theories, which is never a good basis on which to make... Um, to do anything with the Bible. The study of last things that the Jehovah's Witnesses um, look at is central to their religious beliefs. They believe that Jesus Christ has been ruling in heaven as king since 1914, a date they believe was prophesied in Scripture, and that after that time, a period of cleansing occurred, resulting in God's selection of the Bible students associated with Charles Taze Russell to be his people in 1919. So many predictions, so many wrong predictions because you'll never be able to predict the time that Jesus comes back. In his word, he says more than once that he's going to come like a thief in the night. A thief never announces his arrival. He's going to come when people are least expecting it. Each failed prediction has caused harm in the public consciousness of what has been specifically stated in the Bible. That Jesus is coming back for his church, even if he tarries or waits for a long time. Not only was it embarrassing for the person or the church organizations involved, it enabled more and more people to believe that it's just a myth, that it's never going to happen. And with so many predictions failing in the past, is it any wonder that people scoff at the fact of Jesus coming again, even just the very existence of that prophecy to take his people to be with him. In Second Peter 3 and 1, the second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Saviour, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days, scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, the, the church leaders, the apostles, 
All things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And that's exactly what people are saying today. But, and more and more, people are scoffing at the Bible, scoffing at the existence of God. And it talks about that being in the last days. The time is near, church. The time is very near. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. doesn't seem to make sense, but when you live for eternity, it's something that we cannot comprehend in our finite mind. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward. He wants to save as many as he can. He is extending grace and mercy to this world time after time after time, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also has written many things he goes on to say. Jesus is coming back again. He There is no promise in the Word of God that has not been fulfilled that He is putting in His Word. All of His promises have always been fulfilled and there are still some promises given but they're for the future, they're for the last days, they're for the church being raptured, they're for Jesus coming back, they're for heaven, they're for judgment. Those are the ones that have still yet come to pass. Everything else one of the Gospels talks again and again, this is that, you know, th- this, this was done to fulfill this prophecy, that prophecy of Jesus coming and, and of the things that Jesus would do and who Jesus would be. Every single one of those prophecies that were in the Old Testament, thousands of years, written thousands of years before, every single one of them came to pass, were fulfilled in Jesus, exactly as God said that they would be. So God doesn't let any of his words fall to the ground. And he has promised that he will come back for his church and he will come back for his church. And so, as we would expect, God has given us some warnings. 
in the Word of God about what is coming. Matthew 24, and as he, Jesus, sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? They asked quite a few different questions. And we're going to concentrate on the sign of the coming, or the signs of the coming this morning. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. We get that all the time nowadays. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. We're seeing that all today. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Throughout history, there has been people that have persecuted the people of the name of Jesus. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. There are so many, uh, so many people calling themselves prophets nowadays, saying that they have a word from God, that predicting things and making a name for themselves, and they lead away people after them and deceive them. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So many people leave the church because they see what's going on around them. They get persecuted because they see the wickedness in the world and they... They, they see something that they want. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. The spread of the gospel has gone across all of the world. And then moving down to verse 37, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. It's going to be a normal day. There's not going to be anything special about the day. People are going to be going about their own lives, normally, in every way that they, they, they normally do, but... The difference is that Jesus is going to come and take his church. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord does come. Just being around godly people isn't going to make, give you a free pass into heaven. Just attending church isn't going to give you a free pass into heaven. It's going to be about your walk with God. It's going to be about your commitment. It's going to be about your relationship with God. But know this, that if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man comes. 
And if someone knew that someone was going to break into their house, they would watch. They would put things into place. But the thief does not do that. And Jesus is going to come back at a time when we don't think he will. Luke 12 and 35, let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. It's, it's saying be prepared. People in the Old Testament girded their loins. They, they got themselves ready to run, to, to make distance. And your light's burning. We need to shine the light of God's word within ourselves and to others. And be ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open unto him immediately to be ready to be already ready, not just try to get ready at the very last second. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he comes, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. We're not guaranteed of when, what time of the night, what time of the day, Jesus is going to come back. And the second and the watch and the third watch refers to the length of time that he he is, is from the original promise to when he actually comes back. And Revelation 16 and 15, Jesus says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and keeps his garments, keeps himself pure, keeps himself holy, lest you walk naked and they see his shame. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, without shaking, without going back and forward between good and, and, and sin. For he is faithful that promised that he's going to come back. All of his promises he is faithful. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. As we see the day approaching of of Jesus' return, we should be in church. We should be encouraging each other to keep going in God. We should be doing everything we can to bring others with us into salvation, into the kingdom of God. For, we, if, for if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' Lord died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore a punishment suppose you shall he be thought worthy who has trodden underfoot the Son of God and has counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and is done despite unto the Spirit of grace. If we go away from Jesus, we're in a bad place. We're in a very dangerous place because he's coming back. We know him that has said, Vengeance belongs unto me, I will recompense, says the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But call to remembrance the former days in which, after you were illuminated, you received the word of God, you received the light, the understanding, you endured a great fight of afflictions. Partly while you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly while you became companions of them that were so used. 
and talks about um, them helping Paul out in his, or whoever wrote Hebrews out in um, in when, when he needed it the most. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you've done the, done the will of God, you might receive the promise. If we're impatient, if we try to get things out of order, if we think, oh, you know, Jesus isn't going to come back for a, a little while yet, I can, I can, I can afford to to go off in this little tangent, sin a little bit. That, that's all right. Then you you're in a very, very dangerous place because it's sooner now than it has ever, ever been before. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. He's, he's been waiting for a long time to come back. He's, he's pushed it back and pushed it back. He's, it seems like for some people he's never going to come back. The things are just going to continue. But there's going to come a time when he's not going to wait any longer. And that is going to be when he comes back. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition or unto destruction, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We have so much to look forward to when we get to heaven. John talks about there being mansions in heaven. Talk about being... Um, a place for us in heaven, a place to go that is going to be greater than anything we could have ever imagined. First Corinthians fifteen fifty one to 58 says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep or die, but we shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, it's going to happen so fast, we're not going to be able to repent at that time. This is going to happen, whoosh. He's going to take his church to be with him. At the last trump, for the trumpets shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible, this mortal, this this flesh that we have must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Imagine never having to die. Imagine having a body that won't break down, that won't be corruptible, that that won't get older. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. Because if we're sinning, we're not going. We're not going in that twinkling of an eye. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to the God which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. If you feel like you've been laboring for a long time and not seen much fruit of that labor, it's not in vain. He loves your labor. He loves what you do for the kingdom of God. He will reward that when he comes, but you can't just stop. Not now. Not when it's so close. First Thessalonians 4.16 For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be 
with the Lord. It's going to happen, church. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. It doesn't matter what we go through down here. It doesn't matter how wicked this world becomes. And it's already well on its way to doing that. Jesus is coming back to take us. Revelation 21 and 3, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. Anyone who's gone through any significant pain can say amen to that. For the former things are passed away. We've got new bodies. We're being a new creation We're already a new creation spiritually, but we'll be a new creation um, in a physical sense as well when he comes back for his church. Jesus is coming back for his church. And it's going to be soon. With everything that has gone on over the past few years, we can see that day getting closer and closer and closer. COVID, something so small that affected the entire world and caused the deaths of millions of people in our technologically advanced age. When we think, or mankind thinks that they can do anything, something so small had such a powerful impact that the world was powerless to stop. The economies of entire nations and countries are falling down. There's been a war between Russia and the Ukraine, completely unexpected. There's continued global terrorism in new ways and in new forms. There's been a repeated chain of fires and floods across Australia over the past few years. And just this year, in 2023, there have been floods in Libya, an earthquake in Morocco, floods in China, a particularly bad hurricane season in the Atlantic Ocean, Floods in the northeastern United States. Wildfires in North America. Obviously not at the same time as the floods. Cyclone Mocha um, tearing through Myanmar and Bangladesh. Devastating run of tornadoes in the US. Storms with historic levels of ice and snow in California. Uh, An earthquake in Turkey and Syria. The Pakistan floods, which started in 2022, are still causing death and destruction in Pakistan. All of these events were and are recorded as natural disasters. Some people point to global warming and carbon dioxide emissions as the cause, but I point to the Bible. Jesus said that these things were going to happen before he returned, and every one of them has been ticked off. Jesus could return at any day, any hour, any moment, and we couldn't say that it was too soon. We need to be ready, church. He's not coming back a third time for his church. There's no warm-up rapture. This is one event that you do not want to miss. You might have missed your bus or train every day. You might have come too late to work far too often. You might have even missed your own wedding. But they all pale into insignificance compared to being ready for when Jesus comes back. 
Matthew 25 and 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. Talking about wisdom again. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. They weren't prepared. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, the bridegroom didn't come when they thought that he would come. They all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom comes, go you out to meet him. Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. We aren't ready. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for, for us and for you. But go you rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. They were invited to the marriage celebration, but they weren't ready. And as a result, he didn't know them. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man comes. We only get one shot at this. Don't think that you'll get a second chance after Jesus comes back. Because the way to salvation after Jesus comes back for the church is incredibly hard. And if you can't stand for Jesus in righteousness and holiness now, when it's easier, you sure won't be able to do it after he takes his church away to be with him. The world is going to get so much worse when there is no church. Now is not the time to play around with sin or with God. God doesn't play games with us. He's always serious about our salvation. Always has been. Always will be. That's why he warns us in his word. That's why he warns us through messages. That's why he cares about us enough to tell us that he loves us and he wants to draw us closer to him. Jesus is coming back soon. And he often mentions it in tongue interpretations. We don't hear it preached too often, but it doesn't change the fact that Jesus is going to return and it's going to be very soon. And sooner than you think. There's nothing except God's grace standing in the way. I once had a dream. And in it, I was in a house and there was a, a television monitor up high. And, and then the, on, the, on, the, on the television, it was talking about how these people had disappeared. And, and in my dream, I said, surely not yet. Surely not yet. And I went and, and, and tried to find someone else I knew in the church and I found them and said, oh, it must be okay. But I knew in myself that it wasn't. You see, you, it's easy to get into the trap thinking that it's not time yet. Thinking that it isn't time yet will only get you so far. It will only get you to that date. <laughs> because there will be a moment, sometime in the near future, when the, what is in the future becomes the present. What we have been looking for what Jesus has promised becomes the present, the here, the now. Because when Jesus comes back, it will be too late to make it right then. You might think that if Jesus is coming back so soon, then why aren't we warned all of the time? 
Why don't we get up every, every service and say, Jesus is coming back soon. It's, it's so much sooner. The reason is, and God knows it, is that if we are told the same thing often enough, we as humans either get sick of it or used to it, and we start to switch off when we hear it. Oh, I've heard that a million times before. Yeah, I know, I know, I'm good. And that brings about a casual attitude towards what we're being warned about, leading us to do the opposite of what we should be doing and what we need to be doing. Jesus is coming back again. Jesus is coming back again soon. Jesus is coming back very soon. We need to be ready, church. We need to make ourselves ready. We need to always be ready. Just like the five wise virgins, we need to be ready when Jesus returns. No mistakes. No do-overs. No excuses will stick. We need to be ready, church. If I could get someone to the piano, please. The Lord spoke to us this morning. He said he wanted us to be in a deeper relationship with him. Some of us, some of us need to go beyond that. Some of us need to repent this morning. Some of us need to come back from the place where we have found ourselves. It's easy to get casual about living for Jesus. It's harder to be consistent. But he calls us to consistency this morning. We need to be ready. We can't be up and down. We can't be sinning and repenting and sinning and repenting. That's, that's not going to get us there. We need to make a determined commitment to follow Jesus. If you are in this place and you haven't yet followed the plan of biblical salvation, then you need to know that Jesus is coming back again soon. And the church is going to be with him. But it all depends on our response. The first thing you need to do is to repent, which just means to turn away from everything that you know that you've done wrong and confess it to Jesus and say, I'm sorry, I'm going to walk for you right now. And then he needs to fill you with his Holy Spirit. You'll speak in a language you have never spoken before. And and you'll need to be baptized in the beautiful, powerful name of Jesus Christ. But if you're in the church, let this be a warning to you. Let this be a plea to you from God himself. Be ready. Now is not the time to play around. Now is not the time to be casual with God. If we would all stand this morning, I want to open up the front of the church. For anyone who wants to pray, anyone who wants to recommit their lives to Jesus, anyone who wants to go that next level in their commitment to make sure that they are ready. You know, Jesus wanted me to preach this message this morning. And he wanted you to be here to hear it. Because he's coming back soon.